Okay, listen up, guys. Did you know you can watch some episodes of Not Too Deep for free? Just go to fullscreen.com or download the Fullscreen app. You can watch our pretty, beautiful, delicious faces. And check out free episodes of a bunch of other Fullscreen originals, like our friend Will and Belly's show, Suck Less, The Skeptic's Guide to Wellness with Jacqueline Glenn, or Psychobabble with Tyler and Corey. Heard of them? Try before you buy! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep with me, Grace Helbig. This week we're talking about National Novel Writing Month and getting into some books we've never read with Hannah Hart. We're talking about iHeart Food and sharing some bitterness about where our YouTube careers are currently at. Welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. Not Too Deep Deep with Grace Helbig is brought to you by Smilf, a new comedy series from Showtime based on a Sundance award-winning short film. Smilf follows Bridget Bird, a 20-something single mom from South Boston, as she navigates dating, sex, and career while raising a tiny human. Smilf is loosely based on the life of series creator Frankie Shaw. Check out Smilf, streaming now only on Showtime. Not too deep. Attention, not too deep listeners who live near or have access to New York City. We are doing a live episode of Not Too Deep at the New York Comedy Festival at the Gramercy Theater on November 11th, and you should be there. It would be wonderful to see your beautiful, pervy faces in the audience. We're doing a live episode. That's right. Me and Jack Ferry will be in New York on November 11th at 9.30 p.m. with special guest Eliza Schlesinger. It's going to be a really, really, really fun show. And the first 100 people that show up to the theater get a free meet and greet with Jack and I after the show. So don't miss it. If you want to buy your tickets, do so ASAP. They're going quickly. You can go to the link in my Instagram bio, at Grace Helbig, or you can go to NY. Hold on, let me just double check this. NYComedyFestival.com. If you want the full link, it's NYComedyFestival.com slash event slash deep hyphen grace hyphen helbig. But you're not going to actually listen and type that in. So just go to my Instagram bio and, you know, follow me on Instagram as a side note. Really fun. November 11th, 9.30 p.m. at the Gramercy Theater with Eliza Schlesinger. Not too deep live. Come see it. Meanwhile, we're on this podcast. I love this podcast. <laughs> well, you guys plan Hannah's appearance on uh, Popcorn and Jack's other podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll intro Hannah on this episode of Not Too Deep. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm just booking guests. Yay. He's <laughs> doubling down. Grace, have you noticed that Jack just seems to get closer and closer to being the host? Yeah. He's just um, been scooting <laughs> in. Yeah. Next season, I'm working behind the camera. I know. Yeah. It's like it's one great. day, one day there was a mic pointed at Jack and now Jack is here. Yeah. Then there was a camera pointed at Jack and then Jack had his own booth uh, and now Jack's on the couch. Is Jack going to sit in my lap? Next yeah. time. <laughs> After the break, uh, Jack will. If you ask nicely. All the guests turn into Jack doing impersonations <laughs> of the guests. Yeah. I would listen to that show, guys. I, I know, know you would, Jack. <laughs> uh, I don't think I would. I think I would pass. Really? Uh, I, I give it a I'm good pretty, five minutes. I'm pretty good at impressions. I'm sure. Give us your best Hannah Hart impression. Okay, ready? Hi, I'm Hannah Hart. Pretty good, right? That mm-hmm. was just yelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hannah, you're back. Yay! 
Hey, what number is this? Ep- uh, is this your appearance on the show? Three, four, two, three, two, four? three, four. four. Oh, time flies when you're having fun. Wow. Yeah, and you're you, right. That's crazy because oh. you came on with Mamrie once. Oh my god! And the very first episode of Not Too Deep I was ever on was at the YouTube space. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh my god. That was and many, then we many played, moons ago. And we had to do that. We like, played salt and ice uh, oh, challenge. That was brutal. It was, was salt brutal. water and uh, Smirnoff ice yeah, that we, we were drinking. We don't do that anymore. No, no, no we we, we realized that um, that was a bad people idea. don't want to be guests. Yeah, when we're not paying them, they don't want to be put in uncomfortable positions. <laughs> um, so we've learned some lessons, which is really great. But we thought you would be a perfect guest because it's novel writing month. <gasps> Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I did not. How yeah. novel. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, novel writing month. We thought yeah, because you've written two books that this was appropriate. I love it. Does this podcast take place in October or November? November. November. Okay, cool. Because I was like, isn't novel writing month November? Yeah, it's, yeah. Got it's it. National Novel Writing Month, which they abbreviated to… NaNoWriMo. Yeah, but you that's such a this. weird thing to say. How Don't do you, you think that's this? weird to say? It's a trend, man. I oh. see it. Yeah, and Ma- and Ma- Maggie's tried to do it before. What? People are challenged to write a full 50,000-word novel in one month. Yeah, I think it's… I mean, I think it's wow. amazing. 50,000 words. How many pages is 50,000 words? No idea. No Not idea. sure either. Not sure either. We should try, though. Mm, we'll see how bored we get by November. Okay. Yeah, really. <laughs> we'll see how desperate we pretty get. Pretty Yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure that every year Flula… Uh, he writes a novel in a day. In a day and then publishes it but without com- doing any proofreading. No, it's complete <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, he self-publishes it like on uh, Amazon or something. Like oh one of those my God, really? He, he does it every year. And I think he now takes suggestions from like Twitter and things like that yeah, of yeah, like yeah. characters. Because I remember it's one like was about a snail. <laughs> yeah. Mm, it's a Mad Lib. It's yeah. pretty great. Um, but it's <laughs> National Novel Writing Month, which is super fun. What's your favorite book, Hannah? Um, I read a lot of nonfiction. Yeah. So a you know, but my favorite novel. What constitutes a novel? Just the amount fiction. of it's fiction. fiction. Also the length. Yeah. If it's really short, I guess it's called a novella. Or a vignette. Here's my theory, because you and I talked about this a lot, that we're on not to get away from novel writing, but maybe we'll uh, turn to novel writing because the YouTube thing is getting stressful. Stressful. Uh and I feel like a lot of people that have been on YouTube for as long as we have feel the same way. That you could only like do something the same way for so long before you feel the burnout happen. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think you know what it is is that I'm I'm kind of torn between the feeling of I'm nervous that someone's going to interpret something I say the wrong way. Right. So a, yeah, it's a you, there's a stress level of like no one will ever be completely satisfied. People are searching for the thing to be offended by or upset by. We have been making videos for so long that we have offended people in a variety of ways, and now. Like the learning curve, it just feels like I'm surrounded by boxes. Where I'm like, oh, I want to make this video talking about, I don't think I should do that. I should make this funny. I don't know. Yeah. And the only way that you figure it out is by posting and then getting yelled at and then having to apologize. Which is crazy because there were, I feel like the things that people get upset about in my videos that I post currently, if they were to go back seven years and rewatch my first videos, they Mm. would hate all of them Mm. and everything about them. Like there's such a… There's a raunchiness back then that you could just get away with that I don't think you can get away with now. Yeah, people misinterpret silliness, I I think, think a lot. I think you're right. I I also think that people… I mean, here's here's what I think. I think that because from like the social good standpoint, Mm -hmm. people misinterpret compassion with the idea of perfection. Yeah. Like I 
love to talk about things that I am concerned with, but sure. I am not an expert, nor am I perfect and absolutely full of, uh, free of flaws. Yeah. And I think that that's a label that people put on you when you when you care. Right. You're like, oh, you care? You think you're so good. Right. It's like, no, I don't. I just can't. I just can't help but feel like this is bad. Yeah, exactly. And you're not allowed to have your opinions unless they align completely uh, with the opinions of the person watching. Nobody can be liked by everyone because then you're not even a real person. Yeah, it becomes stressful. And you have a, I mean, way, a way more difficult situation because Mamrie and I kind of search, look to you to help educate us in like the LGBTQ plus community and the things that are ever changing and evolving there because we, I think intention is so important mm-hmm. in the way you create things mm-hmm. and nothing that I make I ever want to be ill-intended or interpreted that way. Yeah. But the lack of education is where things get misinterpreted for people. There's always a way to educate people with kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and like so, constructive, compassionate criticism is like what I'm all about. Right. But to keep, yeah. you must, you have to like keep up. People just assume that you should know everything about the world in which you exist rather than being like, we get a pass because we don't exist in that world. So please educate us. Whereas you have to be a teacher constantly. Yeah. I feel really fortunate in that the majority of my community does be like, oh, Hannah, here's the mistake you made and here's Mm -hmm. what you should do differently. And then if I'm like, oh, I've addressed that, they're like, yay. But then because it's the internet, there are people who you can tell don't really actually care about you or your channel. There's no relationship there that just will write really, right? I mean, it hurts. It's like, I've been doing this almost seven years and it still hurts when somebody's like, I've lost all respect for you. They speak in these grand Mm. sweeping statements and these superlative moments that are like, is this true? I like, mean, it's like, it makes me flash to like every teenager in the world that hates their parent and saying just the most hurtful right? stuff. It's like, that <laughs> hurt my feelings. Yeah. It's like, I hate you. And yeah. It's like, oh my God. And then years later, you're like, I didn't. And they'll forget, or you forget about it like 10 seconds later as like, if it doesn't matter. Or they bump into you on the street. They're like, oh my God, I love you so much. Can we take a picture? And it's like, wait a minute. Didn't you just tweet at me seven months ago <laughs> saying you've lost all respect for me? <laughs> well, it's those things. The mentality of people leave comments with no uh, perception that there's like another person on the other side who reads that comment and is wounded. <laughs> right. But like with no um, kind of like write a comment Tact. as if you would say it to that person to their face. Yeah. You know, and there's no awareness or consciousness <laughs> of that, of like, would you really have had a walked into your room say, I've lost all respect for you? Like, and then what, like, what the fuck do you think you were talking about? <laughs> and I'll be like, oh my God, Stacy, we just met. I'm sorry, was this about something I said? Right. Can we talk about it? Yeah. Even, even for a second. I know. How can I explain to you my intentions here? Perhaps in a book. Perhaps in a book. Super fun. But that must have been stressful, too, because your second book, Buffering, that came out was something way more personal than your first one. Mm -hmm. And so the stress of being like, how how are people going to interpret my story, my Mm -hmm. life, Mm -hmm. in a way that uh, you don't have control over once the book gets presented to them? It's interesting because um, I talk on a lot of topics in the mental health community and I touch on, you know, things like psychosis and suicide and, you know, homelessness. And like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot, it's a a lot of stuff in the book. Um, But I make very, very clear at the beginning, and this has always been my, you know, banner flag, which is that I am not an expert. Right. And I don't pretend to be. I'm not an expert. I speak like really directly and like with authority, but I would say that about what pho we're going to order. Right. You know, I'm like, I think, 
I think I will do veggie broth. You know, like, <laughs> like you know, that's just my nature. I've lost all respect for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah. So um, what was interesting is that the feedback from buffering was phenomenally positive. Um, but there was a very small group of people that are self-proclaimed experts in certain areas of the book that I did get negative feedback from hmm. being, you know, and by self-proclaimed, I mean like self-proclaimed. Yeah. Like people being like, mm. you don't have any idea about blank, blank and blank. And I'm like, you're right. That's why I didn't say that I did have any idea. About <laughs> well, you were speaking from your experience, right? Yeah. So I think that's kind of the best shield, though, because you can say, like, I don't pretend, like you said, I don't pretend to be an expert. I'm speaking from my experience. Yeah. The, I, th- I think what's really important is that you have to address, just as like a communication style, yeah. you have to address the person's wound, right? So this person's right. saying, you have mm-hmm. no idea what it's like. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't imagine how hard things have been. Right. Yeah. And you're right. I don't have any idea, which is why I didn't write from the perspective. As if I did. That's right. how, and that's how therapists phrase things so that you can't use them as like a reason to like uh, get angry. If that's <laughs> your only intention, you know, like I if know. you're there just to because you're uncomfortable with your own experience. My current therapist is so good. She gets me all the time. Like I'm always like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good when you have a therapist that knows when you're lying. That's yeah. why I stopped going to therapy because I was just flat out lying. I was like, why am I paying to lie to someone right now? <laughs> <laughs> or like rather like is if I'm trying to prove a point that I've decided is the truth, she's like, but doesn't that contradict this that you said earlier? Like, and I'm like, God, how dare you? Are you listening? <laughs> are you listening? <laughs> You're listening to me? <laughs> You're thinking about what I'm saying? You Good are, God. Oh. That's really funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's great. Great therapist. Uh, well, let's do um, something a little bit fun, shall we? Hell yeah. I like fun. Yeah, me too. Book reports are fun. Let's do book <laughs> reports. <laughs> well, this is good because it's, it's sort of like lying. Yeah, this is Ooh. a yeah, this is a game that we came up with. Uh, we have, because it's, uh, n- what is the NatMo? NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo. Because it's NaNoWriMo month. Uh, we no, have, Mo is the no, month. No, Mo is month. So it's Nano Rye Month. Because it's Nano Rye Month. We decided to do book reports in which we, one at a time, will be presented with a book. And we likely have not read this book, but we're going to have to make up uh, a book report. So it's just like middle school. We have to pretend that we've read the book. Exactly. And then give our idea of what the book report is. I don't is. think I ever gave like oh, an I actual did. book report in school. I did. Like stood up in front of the class and mm-hmm. told them what the book was about? Yes. Is that how it works? You just tell them what it's about? Because um, when I was in school, this was like elementary school, actually. I think it was like fourth grade. We had like summer reading and you could yeah. pick your book from like a list of like 40 books. I remember that, but I remember having to write an essay, not doing like an oral report. No, we had an oral report, I think in like fourth grade. Did you guys have to use like, did you guys, when you were in school, have to use like a chalkboard and individually... Like, <laughs> and an abacus. And an abacus. <laughs> <laughs> like, did each of you have your own chalkboard? Uh-huh, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I w- what I would do is I'd wake up in the morning at dawn, and I would milk the cows. Yeah. And then I would fetch my hoop and stick yeah. and run down That's what the, I the, the dirt road to the schoolyard. And then I would go in, and I would give my book report on, um, you know— Tablet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Tom. On the Holy Bible. Yeah. Yes. The only book that was available. The only available. book that was available then. Yeah. 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 True. So uh, much better to live in the 21st century now. <laughs> yeah. With books like these that we're about to give reports on. Um, Jack, since you're so well-versed in book reporting, oh, would great. you like to go first? Sure. I would love to go first. Thank you for volunteering me. Let's see what your book is. It's I Want <laughs> My Hat Back by John Classen. Okay. Oh. That looks and like the, a Newbery Award winner. Yeah. The, is that what that I think stamp so. is? I think I thought it was a, just a quarter. It is. 
Not a quarter. <laughs> I think they, I, yeah, when, 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 I remember seeing those books, uh, those stamps. It's a Newbery Award, right? Okay. Got and it. The cover is an, a, an animated, an illustrated beaver? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Or a gopher. By John Classen. Or a groundhog. Or a groundhog. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jack, let's hear your book report. Okay. So, um, this was an amazing book. I'm glad I was able to read it this summer. <laughs> it was, um, you're sucking up very, to a teacher that doesn't exist. Very, yeah, I know. I was, was like it complimenting was, an author who isn't here. It was very informative. Um, it's all takes place, um, about this, um, hedgehog, mm-hmm. um, oh. named John. Okay. <laughs> so Classen. Is this a self-insertion fanfic? Uh, wow. Uh, John Classen, uh, who's also the name of the author. I think it's autobiographical. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, anyway, he um, he wakes up one morning and realizes that his favorite hat has been stolen. Wow. And it becomes like this like detective murder mystery. It's kind of cool because he ends up in like the seedy underbelly of like Chinatown. Wow. How would you describe the tone? Oh, it's very dark. Dark. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, there's, it's just page after page of gratuitous violence, which really appeals to me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he finally infiltrates the um, Russian mafia in um, Chinatown in Mm. Cleveland, Ohio, he uh, discovers that uh, his hat has actually been sold into slavery. And he has to infiltrate that world to get his hat back. Posing as another hat? Yes, as a matter of fact, that's right. He was posing as another hat. Um, He was able to infiltrate, bring down the ring, kill everybody, and in the end, he gets his... It's funny because this is actually... They they made a movie based on it. Oh, uh, called Chinatown? Called called Taken. Oh, Taken. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Very similar. I mean, they took some liberties, obviously, as they do with the movies. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, Liam Neeson played the hedgehog. Yes, that's right. That's right. The hedgehog named John Classic. He looks great. Anyway, if you guys haven't read I Want My Hat Back, that's it's a great, great read. Cool. I love it. Do we get to find out what it's about? (laughs) No, we get oh Oh, yeah, it's about a bear loses his hat in the forest and asks all the other animals for help (laughs) finding it. Dot dot dot. Eventually a deer supplies a vital clue. So you were pretty spot on. Yeah. Yeah, what? the deer you know, they is never, the Russian you, mafia. That's the thing. They never they never described what kind of animal he was, so I just assumed. Mm-hmm. So is this a children's book? <laughs> I think so. I if think it's a Newbery so. Award winner, then yeah, it's a children's yeah. book. Yeah, we. Are, I think all these books are going to be children's books. Oh, yeah. got no it, got spoilers, it, got but spoilers. Oh, okay, no spoilers, but spoilers. Um, we, yeah, so that's the that's like the first that happens in the first half of the first chapter. I okay. mean, you're missing a whole. Yeah, they, sure. The whole the whole ring and I mean, you're missing a lot. Okay, I give you like a B minus on that Thank book you. report. Yeah, Not definitely bad. the most frustrating of the grades. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's so it's like, oh, just give me a C. Give me a C. Plus, I would rather take a C plus because then you get to think, ah, oh, it's almost a B. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like a B minus. It was like this you is yeah, just mostly. Pity. She was yeah, she's being nice. <laughs> exactly. So a true. B minus. Uh, okay, Hannah, let's hear your book report on the book Magnus Chase and the Gods of Asgard. <laughs> oh wow. wow! Wow. By Rick Rorden. Oh, it's book three, The Ship of the Dead. <laughs> wow, he's a New York Times number one bestselling author. Yeah, Rick Riordan. Okay, so Magnus Chase and the Gods of Asgard is about a young man who suddenly discovers that he possesses um, an ancient Viking soul. Ooh. And Mm. he has to go and defend the world from the evil god Loki who (laughs) wants to take over the planet. And so he is actually finding the ship of the dead uh, and uh, becoming their allies. 
Wow. It, it, are there, um, what are the themes? Um, it's a coming of age story. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Um, he's mm-hmm. actually gay. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a coming out story. It's a coming of age, coming out story. <laughs> Got so it. he came of age and then he was like, oh my God. It's actually the gods of Asgard. Oh, okay. There's a misspelling on the cover. <laughs> yeah, but he's we too see. young. Right <laughs> so right now he's just, this is just coming of age. Yeah. I can't wait for book four. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, that was a great report. Let's find out how close you are. In this spinoff adventure from the Percy Jackson series, formerly homeless teen Magnus Chase, the son of the Norse god Frey, must defend Asgard against the invading Loki. Whoa, you got Loki right. Loki, it seems, <laughs> has taken possession of the ship of the dead well, loaded with an right army too. of giants and zombies. Yo. Did you read this book? Nah, but I do know. <laughs> it sounds like a book you would have in read. In a desperate bid to for YA fiction, people will often draw on things like Loki, the ancient Norse <laughs> god. You know what I mean? It's like, the second you see anything that's vaguely Viking, it's like, oh, wow, is this going to be, oh, is Loki the bad guy? <laughs> oh. Yeah, world I don't know. Yeah. What do you give my report, teacher? I give you a B plus. A B plus? It's almost an A. There's no way. A minus for sure. Thank you. Yeah, that New was New favorite, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, my turn for a book report. It's on <laughs> Robosauce. Wow. Words by Adam Rubin. Pictures by Daniel Salmiri. Wow. Robosauce. Okay. Robosauce is a roller coaster of emotions from start to finish. Mm. It's about a robot that really just wants to be a real boy, but not only a real boy, wants to be a chef. <gasps> so he makes a wish uh, at a ventriloquist machine on a, a dock, a, and he wishes to be a real boy, and he wakes up in his robot house the next morning, and he is, in fact, a real human flesh boy, uh, even though, but he has to hide it from all of his robot parents, so he <laughs> runs away. Um, to start living his real boy life. And he ends up in culinary school where he meets a um, female uh, chef to be and they fall in love. um, And he ends up being the star of the culinary school. And one of his key uh, creations is this sauce that he calls robo sauce Mm. because he can't let go of his robot roots. Um, And then after he and the female chef get married, he tells her the truth that he's actually a robot. And then she has to drive him back to his house. And as he walks towards his robot house, um, there's a cutaway of her looking longingly at him of what could have been. Cutaway in the book. book. And then they, yeah. (laughs) The book is a very innovative um, piece of fiction. It's a visual digest. And uh, yeah, and then he walks back slowly and um, he turns into a robot as he's walking back and they share one longing glance at each other. And it's a story of um, also- (laughs) Wow, it sounds a lot like the end of Big. Uh, No, it is its own independent piece of fiction. It has no ties to any movies that have very gross undertones to it. Listen to uh, popcorn with 
guess Grace Helbig. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a really sad book, and it's confusing. It it's, plays a lot on like. Um, it sounds very melancholy. Yeah. Does the does the ratatouille rat feature <laughs> at all? He's just very obsessed. The ratatouille rat with uh, with His this sauce. chef. Yeah, he's kind of the nemesis. <gasps> oh. Yeah, he's like the Gordon Ramsay of their oh, culinary school. I like that. Yeah. He puts so like, Remy is the antagonist. Crossover. Yes. Yes. I like that. Yes. Yes. Cool. And yeah, it's a it's a confusing book. I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. Let's see. A boy discovers a magical. I think it's magical. (laughs) Oh, a boy discovers a magical sauce that will turn human children into shiny robots with supercomputers for brains. Well, that sounds horrifying. It really does. (laughs) That's much darker than your story. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I had a little bit more emotion in mine. Yeah. It's like it's completely the opposite of your story, but at the same time, it it really lacks all the heart that you poured into. Thank you. Thank you. Shiny robots with supercomputers for brains. Why shiny? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Do we want a dull robot? Come on. A nice mat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a, like an iMac. Yeah. Yeah. Grace, I'm going to give you uh, A+. Plus. Thank yeah, you. Really good. Wow. Sweet. Really good. Yeah. It was beautiful. I was brought to tears. Thank you. Thank you. Jack, yeah. what would I get? I was going to give you a B. I'll take it. <laughs> Just a B. Those both average out to a A minus. A, a B with no notes, comments, or feedback. Yeah, that's Just like, B. what did I do wrong? <laughs> How can I improve with no feedback? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, this was fun. Um, what an adventure. This truly is an adventure in fiction. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we have more Not Too Deep with Hannah Hart. We're going to dive into iHeart Food Ooh. and hear all of the scandalous spoofs and goofs that happened on set. <laughs> And are you playing us out? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) Guys, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Because finding great talent can be tough. Am I right, Grace? Uh, You're right, Jack. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. That's incredible. It is incredible because their powerful technology will efficiently match the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. It's like the Terminator for like finding, but instead of trying to find Sarah Connor, it's trying to find the perfect candidate for your job. Whoa, what? That's actually a very good Comparison, Jack. I'm Thank proud you. of you. Oh, thanks. That kind of came to me just now. Yeah. I'm, 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 happy. I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, over 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. That's fast. So fast that it would be like the end of Terminator 2. Like right, 20 maybe, minutes. I mean, the one one and done is great oh, on the okay. metaphors. Got it. Okay. So, But anyway, there's no more juggling emails. There's no calls to your office. You can simply screen, rate, and manage your candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. That's efficient and helpful. I'll say. And you can find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, get this. What? Listeners to this show, but only this show. Whoa, I don't know if that's true, but... Well... Well, this specific code, yes. Well, this specific code. Listeners to this show, and only this show can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Wow. That's right, for free. Wow. That's sort of like going to see Terminator, but instead of spending money on- Shut it down. Okay. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash grace. 
That's ZipRecruiter.com slash grace. And you can post your jobs there for free. Good luck. So one more time, try for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash grace. Let the Terminator work for you. Well, he's not available. <laughs> no, not too deep. Jack, are you tired? I'm so sleepy. Oh, how conveniently perfect for the sponsor of this week's episode of Not Too Deep. Really? It's Casper Mattresses. Uh, that sounds like heaven right now. <laughs> yeah, Casper, if you guys don't already know, we love them. They're a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize revolutionize. Maybe I need more sleep. It's line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. They have now three mattress models, the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential. How essential. And they're designed perfectly to soothe and cradle your natural body geometry. That's what I need. I need I need more cradling. I think that's the reason why I'm not sleeping great right now. Yeah, I also need to refer to my body as geometry more often. <laughs> not to mention the breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. How many times are you kicking your feet out from under the blankets just I, to get cold? That's a, an every evening occurrence. Exactly. And it's delivered right to your door in a small, how do they do that size box, which I can attest to is confusingly small when it shows up to your door. Yeah, because when you, when you take it out, it kind of does like a... Yeah, it kind of like unfolds. When you make a, a snake out of like the straw wrapper and then you put water on it and it grows. I love that game. It's like that. They also have free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. And the best part, this is really what makes it the coolest, is that you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. So you can sleep on this thing for 100 nights in the comfort of your own home. And if you don't don't like it, you could give it back. It's crazy. Uh, that's crazy. Because you spend one third of your life sleeping. Don't know if you knew that. Fun fact. So you should be comfortable. Uh, and Jack and I both have experienced Casper mattresses, and they are great. I currently sleep on a Casper mattress in my house right now every night. Yeah, and if you don't believe us, you know, just try one. You get 100 nights 100 for free. 100 <laughs> nights. So start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper, and you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash grace and using grace, G-R-A-C-E, at checkout. That's casper, C-A-S-P-E-R.com slash Grace offer code Grace for fifty dollars off of your mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Did you see me when I did my Dyna Girl cosplay? We did an Electro Woman and Dyna uh, Girl episode. Yeah. Did you well, see we did it? a Comic Con episode, and nice. Jack wore Dyna Girl cosplay. Oh my god, I can't wait! It was so funny. They brought our actual. It's not, it's not a great. It's not a great photo, but that's part no, of dude. It. That's great. That's they, really good. That's really good. They brought our full suits, and I was like, I'm not wearing that. <laughs> they always yeah. loved it. Was, it was it was too triggering. I think. Yeah. yeah, I was like, it's so, very claustrophobic, dude. I'm still holding out hope. For yeah. if we get the chance to do it again. Well, we have this whole plot line written out for a potential season two is that Mamrie comes in as an evil villain, but she and Hannah have a relationship. Guys, if you would like to see season two, <laughs> oh my God. please let full screen know on social media. Yeah, tweet at them like crazy. Hashtag Electro and Diana Girl, EWDG season two. Yeah, yeah. get it trending. Yeah. <laughs> Can you get anything Look, trending? We've now? already got we've what already got Mamrie attached to play. Yeah, this she was super. So. Can you imagine Mamrie as an evil villain? So great. Are you kidding? That would be amazing. With beans yeah. on her lap. But she comes oh, in. Oh, yeah, with beans on her lap. 
Oh my like god! Like a Bond villain! Oh my god! <laughs> you just turned into a twelve-year-old girl. <laughs> I love that dog so much. Oh my god! Just deadpan. I love, I love that I dog. I love that. Jack dog. loves beans too much to the point that I think we should have Mamrie back with beans on. <gasps> can we do? Can oh next, I love wait, that dog. Next time Mamrie and oh I. Are, next time Mamrie and I are both here, can we bring our pets? Yes, Charles and Beans and Mamrie and. We had an epic saga when we were shooting a video recently with Tyler at Mamrie's place uh, where Beans and Charles met for the first time. And it was... What was that like? It was amazing. It, it was, was really interesting. It was a dance. We all circled. <laughs> yeah. We circled them like it was some tribal ceremony. And the two of them just like looked at each other and were like, they're going to either fight or just be totally weirded out and it, not look at each other. It was other. just so funny because Beans was like, Beans would like jump down and like sniff Charles. And then Charles would like turn and look like, hello? And then Beans would be like, <laughs> yeah, Beans was like trying to establish dominance because she was on Mamrie's bed, which is her castle. Sure. And so we would look in and Charles would be just running under the bed <laughs> and then Beans would just be barking at Charles from on top of the bed. Yeah. But we thought they were playing. Yeah, they were, they were totally calm. Like, yeah, they right. were. It does sound like play. They were, yeah, yeah, they were. They were, if anything, kind of we uninterested left, in each other. <laughs> mostly disinterested. Yeah, yeah. Charles wow. was just very upset that we were outside and he was. Not. Yeah, yeah. Charles wanted to be with the humans. Beans wanted Charles to know that that's her house. That's so, really funny. That was the dynamic. But we should have them back. They yeah. would be two great guests. Yeah, that would be great. I would love that. I'm in. Um, that'd be super fun. Uh, let's talk about iHeart Food. Woo! iHeart Food. You wrapped your first season yeah. of the Congrats. Food Network show. That yeah, yay. Um, um, how was it overall? Amazing. I mean, I, I felt really, really happy with it. It was obviously like my first time yeah. on television. And as you know, it's a totally different setup and just yeah. the, the pressure is really high. Um, but I really loved I Heart Food. Basically, the show is about going to different areas and uh, checking out their local ingredients and regional specialties. So mm-hmm. something like Santa Fe, New Mexico, we focus the entire episode on the red and green chili pepper. Cool. Because something I really like to do is when I'm traveling, yeah. I like to go and try signature dishes at different places that are basically made up of the same thing to see like, wait, what is the best sloppy joe in this town? Or right. Like, what is the best lobster roll? Yeah. You know? Um, and just see how the chefs kind of vary. So that was really fun. I mean, I had a blast. You did, because uh, we talked about this a little bit, you did though have to learn how to like eat on camera that was without looking part. like a weirdo. Wait, what? <laughs> because like when you're, you don't think about it when you're just eating normally that yeah. when you, if you looked at a video of yourself eating You'd your like, lunch. you like, I am disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> you just, it's something to be so conscious of. And then I have a real habit of furrowing my eyebrow when I'm listening. Yeah. Um, and it looks angry. It looks oh, like the chef is like telling me about like the story of their grandmother who brought this pot over from Jamaica and you cut to me and I'm like. Mm. Yeah. It looks like you're like, I don't buy this. Yeah. It looks like that. But so I, I had to learn to like soften my, eye, like soften my forehead when I'm wow. listening. And um, also it's really hard to convey that something is delicious with your mouth shut yeah. in like a variety of ways. Like give sure. me five different variations of like, mmm, mmm, mmm. Sell it with mm. your face. Mmm, mmm. <laughs> See, I would be- That's four. <laughs> I would look like I'm making fun of like a, a food talk show host. My, exactly. My favorite is this one. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, so good. I know. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I that's my favorite. Yeah, but then it gets kind of pornographic. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, they call it food porn. It is food porn. Yeah. So if I'm, so if I'm there and I'm just like, "Mm, 
That, <laughs> yeah. that was amazing. They'd be like, we have to redo that. We're going to get flagged. <laughs> too much. Too much. <laughs> the, I noticed, though, that you do it way more now since you've had to do it so much on the road. You're very vocal when we go out to eat. I love, but like, I am also a vocal eater. Like, I love to lean back and be oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, you've always been that yeah, way. Yeah, I'm a pretty vocal eater. Yeah. yeah, but you can tell where you've had to like exercise that skill and now it's just kind of embedded in you. This is fantastic. Yeah. But maybe it is just because we're eating fantastic food. True. Was there anything that you, and you don't have to name names, uh, had to really fake that it was fantastic there on was the road? One, there was one thing I ate that was interesting. <laughs> and I described it as such. Got you know? it. Like, I didn't lie. I was like, this is really interesting. <laughs> Which is, I take that because when uh, I was living in Japan, the word for interesting in Japanese is omoshiroi. Mm-hmm. And it's what you say to be polite when you're like, huh. You know, instead of just being like, no, thank you. Right. It's like, oh, interesting. Hmm. <laughs> so season two, we'll be on the lookout for when food is interesting. Yeah, food is interesting. Unless it's interesting. Because, and then I continue to talk. But look, it just furrowed my eyebrows. You guys, <laughs> those of you who are listening. <laughs> I, 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 we can hear the anger. Yeah, you can yeah. hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your favorite place to visit? Ooh, good question. Um, My favorite place to visit was either... Every city was really great. If I had to pick a top three, I would Mm -hmm. say I really loved Missoula, Montana. Yeah, you got to have Hank Green on the episode too. Exactly, because I got to hang out with Hank and it was just a really pleasant city. I got to go to a a bison farm and meet a really, really um, fascinating bison farmer who taught me all about sustainable meat. Cool. And he was lovely and I love him and I want to go back just to get more bison jerky and bring it home. Oh. Yeah. He that was sounds fam- awesome. It, you know, bison is a really sustainable meat. It's a, they, they can't be fed anything besides the natural grass, which grows, guess what? Totally naturally here in North America because that's where they're from. Right. So you don't have to worry about GMOs in their food. Sure. Um, they're larger than a cow and their meat is leaner and more pure. Like the proteins are more oh. pure. So the whole cattle industry, I mean, like in my yeah. head, it's like we should be why didn't we just stick with bison? They were already here. Yeah, bodybuilders love eating uh, bison. It's more, good for you. More so than beef. Oh, it's yeah. way better for you than beef. It's got like anti-cancer properties. Like bison, if you look at the comparison Whoa. chart between bison and beef, I mean, I 100% always choose bison. That's cool. Did you learn that working on the show? Yes, sir. That's cool. Yeah, I, like I learned that. a lot working on the show. It was yeah. such an amazing experience. And, you know, um, that was uh, I guess that was my favorite place to visit because it's something that I've taken from it and I've used to actually change my life. Like now, if, really? I, go, if I go to the grocery store, I'm going to buy like a steak or something. I'll look and it's, if they have bison, I will always choose that. Wow. Good okay. to know. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You're educating the world. Hey guys. Where would you want to go if there was a season two? I feel like I would want to go to Florida because I've never been to Florida. You've never been? Oh, no, I've been to Florida like Orlando, but yeah. like, I've never been like to like Florida, not Orlando, not Miami. You right, know what I right, mean? Right, like right, I want right. to go to Florida. Yeah, um, it's a big state. <laughs> yeah, it is. A, exactly. I, so I feel like I want to go to Florida, like Michigan. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Colorado. Uh, yeah. So just basically states. I think that there's a lot of um, diversity in America and a lot of different types of food culture in America. So yeah. for me, that's something that like I'm just as interested exploring. Totally. You've also, because you're like part of the Food Network family now, you've been meeting all of the Food Network hosts. How has that been? Amazing. Are you getting along with, this is me being your mom being like, are you making friends at school? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the Food Network hosts are amazing. Bobby Flay, I love. He's such a cool down to earth guy. He cooks for his cat, Nacho. 
Nacho oh, really? Flay. Mm-hmm. Nacho, Nacho Flay. Nacho Flay. He I has an it. Instagram. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, he's doing the social media. Him. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, Giada De Laurentiis. I'm a huge fan of. Um, I know. Uh, you have many reasons you're a fan of Giada De Laurentiis oh. other than cooking. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> you, and me, you and me both. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. The creep couch just got established. <laughs> Whatever. What She's like a total to- babe. Yeah, and no. she cooks delicious food. What, yeah, what, what else? She seems very happy all the time. She's one yeah. of those ones that I remember her and Rachel Ray. I remember hearing Rachel Ray in some like short, short documentary about her said uh, the biggest lesson she had to learn in her show is that even when you're not talking, always be smiling. Like if yeah. you're just chopping, just be smiling because oh. when you're not, you looked so uninterested or your resting face could look like sure. mean or bored. Mm-hmm. And Jada De Laurentiis does that like- With her un- teeth. Yeah, like she unreal. smiles broadly Yeah, all yeah. Times. she's like the Cheshire cat yeah. every yeah. episode of her show. It's crazy. But I believe she's really like that though. She yeah, just she was lovely. beaming all she's the time. She's really smart. She was lovely. I really enjoyed meeting her and working with her. And like, I really want to get her- in my drunk kitchen. Oh my God. That'd How has that amazing. not happened yet? I don't know, man. Food Everybody Network. tweet at Giada De Laurentiis. Uh, yeah. Is she based out here? Mm-hmm. Oh, then make it happen. I know, bro. When is she's there, not walking barefoot through, you know. Her, like the sand of your dreams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say a vineyard in Italy, but okay. Okay. <laughs> that too. <laughs> is there a, a chef you haven't met yet that you want to? Ooh, I really, though intimidating, I would really love to meet Anthony Bourdain. Oh, that would be really interesting. Yeah. I've met Anthony Bourdain. What's he like? He's exactly like his persona. Uh, really? Yeah. He seems kind of fun. Well, I have a friend who is an editor who worked on his like original show and then now his new gotcha. uh, CNN show. Yeah. Yeah. He's really cool. He was the guy who inspired, <clears throat> excuse me, when, um, I guess his motto or whatever is eat without fear. Right. And so when I met him, um, I asked him if he could sign, you know, the book that I had gotten. I was like, could you sign my book for me? Whatever. I was like being a little fanboy. And then, <laughs> and he's, that's how he inscribed it. And we were, I was like, where did that come from? We sort of tra- chatting about that. And he's just like, I just think that people get into these comfort zones. And especially when you have the opportunity to travel, you have to like right. force yourself out of like what you do. And when I was traveling a lot with Mitchell a couple of years ago, that was one of the things we tried to do. Like every time we would go to a new city, we would do what you were doing, which is we'd try to like find something unusual, but like specific to that locale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. And not every meal was amazing, but there was, it was always interesting. It was What's always interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause food is about like the experience of like eating it where you are and who yeah. you're with and things like that. I, feel, and I just love that philosophy. If I were to meet Anthony Bourdain, I would want to just immediately cut to the point like, this is my ideal Anthony Bourdain scenario. Okay. We have to work together on something. So we work together. We get along really well. So it's like, later, blah, blah, blah. We're both on location somewhere. We meet at the, we're at a hotel. Well, we both happen to see, oh, you're down here too. And then we get to just talk as people. Yeah. And we just like, you know, have that good, like, end of a good work day. Oh, we happen to bump into, like, I want to know. Yeah. Like, Anthony, tell me things. Well, he would be a great My Drunk Kitchen guest, I oh, feel yeah. like. He would be, because I saw one episode of The Layover, that, he, that show that he used to do on a plane. I think he went to somewhere in Canada. And he just, he was like, part of it was him following around like this um, rock group that oh, was wow. from the town. Mm-hmm. And he got shit-faced with them on camera till like 3 a.m. He's just like drunk eating poutine, bit, talking to the camera being like, this is where it's at. And I was like, I love this man. He has no shame. There's no like veil or yeah. no like glossiness to mm-hmm. him at all. Yeah, he's like the punk rock chef. Yeah. yeah, he's great, which could go, you know, 
either way, it good go either or bad. Way, but fortunately, he seems pretty good. He seems great. I would. I. I'm manifesting that. I'm putting that out there that he go, comes on my drunk kitchen. Okay, I'm doing it too. That would be super fun. I have my eyes closed. Is that how manifesting <laughs> works? <laughs> um, another thing that you've gotten big into and have you know, in, influence me in a way is doomsday prepping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you believe the world is coming to an end. Well, You, your, you got your bug out bag? Yeah, I got my bug out bag. Oh, uh, she, yeah, she explained doomsday prepping to me at a dinner recently and then I went home and bought like $300 worth of doomsday gear on Amazon. Look, let's call it like, you know, doomsday is like, uh, it's, 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 emergency it's, preparation. It's emergency yeah. preparation. Sure. It's more like, it's more like just in case kind of thing. Yeah. Like we live in Los Angeles. There could be a big earthquake. Right. If we were unable to get electricity or water for five, seven days, yeah. would we be okay? Because you can't live after what, like 48 hours or three days without water? Yeah. And you need a gallon a day per yeah. person. Yeah. So Oof. it's like you don't want to die just because the water is like polluted and you can't drink the water in LA. Right. right? And like where are you going to get water from? Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like I'd rather just have everything just in case. So you have to set like realistic expectations of your prepping. Yeah. Like for me, I'm prepping for a catastrophic LA earthquake and being able to survive on my own for seven days. That's it. So what are your tips? Read about it online. <laughs> well, so you've got well, they, water, some like canned goods, things like that, or yeah, like MREs. Oh, well, or, I mean like what I have, again, specific to like Los Angeles and like my apartment is that I have, I have water. I have um, some like, you know, dehydrated food stuff. I have a first aid kit, you know. Yeah, yeah. like let's say, you know, let's say somebody gets injured, but it's, you know, you're nowhere near help. And right. then the injury is not so bad, but the co- chance of getting an infection is bad. Right. So you want to have like rubbing alcohol. Because right. like the number one thing you don't want to do is get an infection during some sort of like apocalyptic scenario. Right. Yeah. Because then your body is really needs more water then. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I'm sick now. I bought a crank charger. Ooh. On Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> so it's to charge still, things. So can I still, can still tweet. You can still uh, post on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. My social media presence will still be alive. Well, that's something that I think is really wild is that like because so much of our cell phone technology is satellite, like I know outside of cell phone towers being mm-hmm. knocked down, it's like if you can solar charge something, right. you can still be like, hey guys. Yeah. You could be like, uh, you still stuck in your house? Me yeah, too. What's up everybody? <laughs> but also on Amazon, they sell like pre-packaged kits that you can buy. And they sell ones for pets too. I really want to get um, a big solar panel or like a, just a portable solar panel because I feel like you could use that to charge up a battery to heat something. I mean, it's like, come on. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah so I'm into that, it. I'm, I'm into sure it. they have those. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. Yeah, they do. It's a. Uh, it's unreal when you go down the wormhole on Amazon of what's available for Doomsday. This is where I draw the line at prepping, which is that guns. like, yeah, guns. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have tasers. Yeah, yeah. I have like we're gonna secure the door again. Realistic prepping mm-hmm. is like it's not that somehow the entirety of the U.S. has fallen. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Because I feel like in that scenario, you don't you don't want to spend your waking life planning for that kind of scenario. Sure. Yeah. Probably won't last. No. Yeah, exactly. That's my favorite memory quote is that, uh, how do you think you would survive the Hunger Games? And she just said, I would hit myself in the head with a rock immediately and take myself out. (laughs) I know I couldn't do it. And I was like, what an honest answer. Yeah, Yeah. it's true. It's true. I mean, like, because the other thing is like, even if I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get like a bulletproof vest and get some guns. I don't think I could realistically do that to another person. No, I wouldn't want to live in that world. Uh I don't think. I have a taser and some bear spray. So I think that's as far as I'm willing to go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking uh, that you're a foodie, you know, person uh, and expert, 
expert. I, no, 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 no. I like. I am a food enthusiast. Food enthusiast. Not a food expert. That's great. Well, that still doesn't really matter. Basically, I'm just trying to get to the who would you throw most uh, throw cold spaghetti at, alive <laughs> or dead? <laughs> who would I throw cold spaghetti at, alive or dead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At this current moment, because it changes. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think right now, the person I would throw cold spaghetti at would be John Cozart. Yeah, That's a great answer. Yeah. Good I would answer, throw cold spaghetti answer. at John Cozart because I feel like he'd be like, well, thank you. He'd be like, ah! Yeah. He would squeal. <laughs> he'd be like, you ruined our spaghetti. Yeah. More <laughs> spaghetti, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Do something like that. He's like mixes. He's like a little screeching howler monkey mixed with Austin Powers sometimes. I love him. He's I, love what he, I love what he's growing into. Yeah. He's growing into his comedy. He's really embracing it. Yeah. He's, he's the internet's that. Ed Asner now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't um, know who that is. Me either. He was like an insult comic. He would just like tear you down. You saw him on the streamies. I mean, he was yeah. just… So but good. he's like Ricky Gervais, where he oh. just smiles through it, and you're oh like, he's enjoying this yeah, he's oh, so yeah. much. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, he was savage. He it's didn't hilarious. hold back. I loved it. Yeah, ditto. Um, you've been on here four times, so I feel like this hasn't changed your worst pants shitting story in three words or three small phrases. Unless something happened on the show. Not really. Oh. Um, <laughs> mine's college jogging front lawn and everyone thinks I'm that mad pooper that's going through Colorado right now. I got so many tweets being like, Grace, when did you go to Colorado? And I'm like, look, you can't be mad at that woman. When you got to go, you got to go. And she apparently said that the man, the there were kids that she was shitting in front of and the dad came out and was like, are you pooping in front of my kids? And she quote said, yeah, sorry. And then ran away. <laughs> I was like, so she had remorse. Wow, she did say sorry. Yeah. Um. My God. Uh, she should curb herself. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, that's the real meaning of curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> um. Okay. My worst pants shitting story. It's uh probably the same one, uh, which is carpool, late, then. Uh, Pants. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't get like I. I, my, I feel like my control of my bowels is pretty solid. Yeah, that's good. I mean, humble brag, but yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, now we have some fan questions for you from Twitter. Uh, let's see what we got. We have OMFG Parina says, "Did any Food Network stars leave you starstruck, or is there anyone you want to meet from Food Network and haven't had the chance to?" I feel like we kind of got into this a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think anybody left me starstruck in particular, but I do really want to meet like Food Network specifically. I would love to meet Guy Fieri. Oh my god! Yeah, I would love to meet Guy Fieri. That would be. Phenomenal. Interesting mm-hmm. in a really great way. I like it. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Okay, we have another question from Andrew Gigolo. Gigolo. In a Mad Max Fallout post apocalypse future, what would your wasteland name be? Nom de apocalypse. So, you, wait, this is like your drag queen name, but yeah. for the apocalypse? I like oh. it. Whoa. I would be um, maybe like. Hannah Hard. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Jack, what would yours be? Jeez, I don't know. Uh, Graybeard, I guess. <laughs> that's her oh, pirate so name, smooth. too. Yeah, yeah, you know. He's like, golly, guys. I was going to say know. Jackhammer. Literally, oh, that's a, Jackhammer. Oh, that's pretty good. That's yeah. way better. I want to be Jackhammer. I, I, <laughs> 
What I'd, would yours be? I'd be Grace over fire because <gasps> everything would be in flames. Yeah. That's pretty and good. I'd just be jumping over it to get out. We need to make sure you're around in the apocalypse and name everybody. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That's the first. Uh, don't drink water. Name yourself. Name yourself. <laughs> oh God, what are we gonna? What are our code names now? I think we have one more question for you from Twitter. Uh, it's from Choopy Junior News. <laughs> that's a great name. Is it wrong to use dildos and butt plugs as decoration if I live alone? I don't want to use them just display them. Hmm. Uh, well, is it wrong? Is it wrong? No. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not wrong. You live alone. You're, you know, it's your life. It, it's really, I wouldn't say that decoration falls under the uh, this moral code of yeah. right or wrong. As far as I know, legally, that's legal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, yeah. And, um, you know, I encourage it. You say you don't want to use them, <laughs> just display them. Cool. Um, sure. That's actually a great idea for YouTube videos, turning like- dildos into decoration. I'm just, I'm claiming it. I'm claiming <laughs> that idea. <laughs> You're going to drill a hole. You can drill a hole down the middle, put a single flower. Candelabra. Oh my God. Think about it. Oh my God. I can't wait for this video. Hanukkah menorah. Can I go with you to shop for dildos? Uh, yes. So it's like a catheter labra? <laughs> Yeah, Ew. there you go. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, and now we have a segment called This Is Curious where we pull up something from your social media <laughs> that we want to hear the— Oh, my God, yeah, Behind the scenes of— This is something you tweeted out um, <laughs> back in June uh, 29th. And your tweet is, Okay, hear me out. Ocean winds are the roots of air. Yeah, How high were you? <laughs> <laughs> I was on vacation it was at 7 in Mexico, uh-huh. and I was laying out, <laughs> and the, it was so windy. Uh-huh. And I was thinking about we were on the Gulf, like we were around Mexico on the coast, and I was thinking about how winds have different currents, and then how we breathe air. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, wind is the root of air, like roots in a tree. Uh-huh. Oceans create. The currents that are our air. Man. All right. Well, <laughs> Man. I'm still into it, guys. I'm like, this is fucking poetry. Yeah. I am an Make artist. Make sure you go retweet that after this episode. Ocean winds are the roots of air. Yeah. Wow. Very, very I mean, um, poetic. I, dude, I do not. Did you have schedule a- that tweet? Because it went out at 7 o'clock. No, bro. On the dot. <laughs> I was on vacation. Um, no, the, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm actually pretty relieved because I have a really bad gauge of not tweeting things. Yeah. And so there's a lot you could have picked from. My Twitter is like, oh, Jesus. Well, you, I remember, like, I when I tweet, I, like, sit down. If I'm going to try and tweet something funny, I have to, like, sit down and think it through and then try and come up with something and tweet it. And I remember you one time seeing over your shoulder your draft folder of all the things. And I was like, you save tweets? Yeah, but, man. And I was like, I've never—my draft folder might just have ones that— Wait, let me my, read you my draft folder. Yeah, can we hear some of the tweets that are in your draft folder? Yeah, oh, these boy. are my drafted tweets— that have not been finished thoughts. Good. All right, ready? Yeah. Um, good for you, comma. Or is it a coffin? These are all separate. separate? Yeah. <laughs> when will I ever feel like I've done enough? Whoa, this sounds like it's a diary now. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Never isolate your power into a category. This oh. one simply says, tonight! Exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> this one just says the word, get. All get. right. So these are all solid starts to tweets. Hopefully you get to the end of them at some point and publish them for the world to hear. One day. We deserve it. Yeah. Um, 
Well, that was really great. Thank you for explaining my curiosity behind that. Uh, now we have a game called Hosting 101 because you are now a pro host pro on host. a Food Network show. Uh, we thought we would give you some possible scenarios that could happen while you're shooting iHeartFood. Cool. And we would love to hear how you would respond to these <sighs> said scenarios. Okay, guys, I'm ready. Okay, so yeah. here's scenario number one. Okay. You're hosting a segment, and suddenly the person you're working with projectile vomits all over you on camera. What do you do? I say... Let's say you are sitting down to a meal. You're okay. describing... The chef is describing their food to you while you're eating it. And then that chef, just out of maybe sheer nerves or something, just vomits directly on you in the middle of this segment. I say, I say, well, I hope it was as good the second time. <laughs> Sure, sure. Save it for the bloops. Yeah, perfect. I made the blooper real. That's great. Okay, Jack, you can read scenario number two. All right. Right before you begin an interview, the subject informs you they are an alien, (laughs) but they don't want to talk about it on the air. (laughs) Do you ask anyway? I say, I understand. (laughs) And then a really significant long gaze. (laughs) And then I I slowly mouth. (laughs) I think that's perfect. Uh, okay, scenario number three. You see in your notes right before the segment starts that you're not allowed to use the words I or the in your intro. How would you do your intro to who you are? Welcome back. My name is Hannah Hart. We are here to discuss food with <laughs> you. <laughs> wow, you did that Pretty surprisingly good. easy. Yeah, that was not that bad. Okay. All right, scenario number four. Your show has switched formats with Mari Povich's, and now you must inform your guest that they are not the father. How do you go about it? Chef so-and-so, <laughs> you are not <laughs> the father. Oh, perfect. Thank God, and thank then God. cue the dance music. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Okay, here's our last. It got really tense there for a it second. It really did. I, I, felt, I, felt I, could he- I could feel the music. I know, I me too. I wondered if he was the father. <laughs> uh, the last scenario. You're just about to begin a 22-minute John Oliver-style monologue, but you realize that the pre-show burrito you enjoyed is not going to give you that long. What do you do? Oh, boy. Oh, God. Update your three words. I go to my friend whose house is filled with butt plugs that they never <laughs> use. <laughs> and I just stick one in there. Like hope cork. for the best. Wow. I mean, great answer. These are really great answers, Hannah. You truly are a top chef host. <laughs> uh, thank you for playing Hosting 101. And now to get a little bit more intimate in the world of um, chef culture, we thought we'd play Fuck, Mary Kill, the Celebrity Chef Edition. Ooh. Where we get to hear who you would... Very very fun. Sleep with, who you would marry, and who you would kill. Wow. Yeah. Here we go. Here's group number one. Okay. I'm ready. Gordon Ramsay, Mario Batali, Bobby Flay. <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. They oh, this are. is pretty obvious. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna... I'm gonna... Oh, God. I have mine. I don't have mine yet. Hold on. Okay. Look. Here's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> here's what we're gonna do. Okay. I'm gonna marry Bobby Flay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I keep him in line. I'm gonna. Oh my God. I'm gonna fuck Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. 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 For and sure. That, 
Oh my God, That's Mario. the right answer. That's the no, right answer. I'm going to kill Mario Batali. It's the correct answer. I love Mario Batali, though. He wears Crocs. He's the best. He's asking for it. He is. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Jack, you want to read group number two? Yeah, group, group number two. Rachel Ray, Padma Lakshmi, Jada De Laurentiis. Oh my God, you guys. I know, yeah. this, one's tough. this one's hard. This, this one's is tough. hard. Okay, I'm going to marry Padma because Ooh. I just... I feel like I'm okay. Incorrect, but all I right. love her. <laughs> yeah, well, for you, um, I'm gonna marry Padma Lakshmi. To be honest, I'm gonna fuck Rachel Ray. What? Whoa! I yeah. think she'd be crazy. Yeah, man. And I kind of think she'd be a good time. And then you kill Jada. I don't. I think oh, Jada man. would. Li- honestly, I, I don't think I could. Yeah, I think she's she lives infinity. She will live through it. Yeah, but I don't know. Not like right now, I'm like, yeah, Rachel Ray would probably be a she'd probably be a blast. Oh yeah, Jack, what uh, what's yours to this? I would uh, f Padma, marry Jada, and kill Rachel. Oh, oh, wow, you sound so okay. proud. Wow. Well, it's not that I'm proud. It's a tough decision. I'm just try- I want to give it the gravity that that question. Deserves. What about you, Smell Big? <laughs> um, I would marry Jada. Uh, fuck Rachel and kill Papa. <gasps> Rude. I know. This game, there's no winners. Yeah, no winners. Okay, here's a great one. This one's great. Uh, Guy Fieri, Paula Dean, or Bethany Frankel, who really, she's not necessarily a chef, but she made Skinny Girl. She's a real housewife of New York. She made the Skinny Girl vodka, God. and then it turned into some Skinny Girl snacks and things. So it's kind of a reach. <sighs> okay. Oh my God. Yeah, this one might okay. be impossible to answer. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Bethany Frankel. Oh boy. Okay. And I'm gonna fuck her. <laughs> and and Guy Fieri and Paula Dean are out. I just okay. couldn't have sex with Guy Fieri. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think a lot of people have that same opinion. I, I just don't. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm sure he's lovely. He's who knows? Who knows? We don't know him. These pictures are great. Though. Yeah, Jack. Who's your answer to this? Jeez, oh, this is a tough one. Tough. Um, I guess I would f Bethany Frankel. And okay. Mary Paula Dean? <gasps> She's like, mm. I don't know. Okay. It's okay. like, it's like he's, there's no way to answer this properly. Yeah. What, well, you, what am I going to do? Marry Guy Fieri? I would. Really? And get divorced. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then I, I fuck Bethany that. and kill Paula. Okay. Well, Grace really had this. This was not even hard. I, yeah. I she don't, was just like, I don't think is, about this during the week. <laughs> I feel like Paula, though, would make some very delicious and terrible for you, like pies. Well, sure. just yeah, also know. some very some racist, racist comments. <laughs> yeah. yeah, remember that. But then she also has great comedic timing. That one time she got hit in the head with a ham. Oh yeah, she got, she a got frozen ham. Hit in what? the face with a ham. She yeah. was doing some volunteer work, like <laughs> in this factory, like packing up meals for the holidays for people in need. And someone th- tossed her a ham, and like on television, like it's in a package for a news show. She gets smacked directly in the face with it, and it is fantastic. What does she do? What, what's her timing? What she, was- uh, it's just that her face was there at the right time for that ham to hit okay, it directly. It. <laughs> it, the noise it makes is like you can't. You that's can't create the, that. That's the sound of a ham slapping It's a like face. A, a frozen wet ham hitting Baladine right in her Furby face. It was so perfect. If you guys have some free time later, I highly recommend I'm going to look it up as YouTube soon as we're um, Okay. Let's see. This, uh, oh, I'll do the next one. Okay. All right. We have two more groups. The Swedish Chef, Remy the Rat from Ratatouille, and Monica from Friends. Yeah, she did play. She was oh, a shit. chef. Okay. This one's pretty easy, I think. I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna fuck Monica. 
Okay. I'm going to marry Remy, the rat mm. from Ratatouille. Mm. He's got a lot of heart, and I feel like we could have a good sexless marriage. <laughs> um, and I would, um, I, would tr- I would try to kill the Swedish chef, but I think that he would escape. Yeah. 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 What's yours, Jack? That's the same. Okay. Same, same. What about you, Gracie? I think I would fuck the Swedish chef. <gasps> I, th- I think he'd be surprising. Um, and then I'd, <laughs> I'd marry I marry Monica. <gasps> and I'd kill Remy only because I've never seen Ratatouille. Well, it, clearly you've never seen Ratatouille because if you had, you yeah. would, you would, he's, he is a gem. He'd survive, I think. He's not a fighter. Okay. He's a <laughs> okay. You should see Ratatouille as a side note. Yeah, it's I, a know, good movie. I know. There's a lot of movies it's I should fantastic. see. Um, okay, here's your last group. We have Wolfgang Puck, Ugh, Julia Child, tough. and everyone's favorite, Anthony Bourdain. <gasps> oh my God. Okay, well, 100%. I'm going to marry Julia Child. Fuck Anthony Bourdain, kill Wolfgang Puck. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's the right answer. That's I'm, the right answer. <laughs> wow. See, oh, part of me wants to say I would fuck Anthony Bourdain, uh, marry Wolfgang Puck, and kill Julia Child. Why? Wolfgang Puck just seems like he'd, uh, I don't know, maybe be nice. You, no, no. You, you have a lot of what, like airport franchises? <laughs> yeah, and they do well. When they're the only <laughs> available true. food option, you go there and you buy a weird sandwich that has cranberries on it for some so reason. No, so no <laughs> sandwich one. is cold and dry. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe marry Anthony Bourdain. I don't know. You, you know, you're not going to be able to tie that guy down. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, you will, but that's why you're going to fuck him. Well, hey, <laughs> on that note, we have reached the end of the podcast. Uh, we did it. Hannah, thank you so much for being here. Um, we want to give you a gift for uh, giving us your time. I think Diane has it coming out for you right now. Quad? Yeah, this is for you. Oh, it's in a yellow bag. It's a personalized gift. Oh, my God. It's light. Oh, my God. <gasps> socks. It sucks because we know that you make... Charles' shirts out of socks. And we wanted to give him a winter wardrobe. Oh my God, you guys, I love this. <laughs> yeah. And we also, they came in a bag. I love it. He's going to love this bag. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. Oh my God, we got a shark sock. We got a sock that says my cat is cool as fuck. I love these. Yay. You guys are the best. Ooh, a, a controversial dog sock. Wow. Wow. Ooh. I can't wait to put try and wrap this around his fat little body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to species your cat. And a middle finger sock. You guys are oh, the best. Oh, those are cool. These yeah, are very cool. I have cool. those. Yes. Uh, well, good luck to you and Charles this winter. He's going to look like a fashion icon. <laughs> I smell a uh, lookbook video from <gasps> Charles coming very soon. Grace, you're a genius. <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> Never. No, it's true. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me so Yeah, much. Hannah, where can people find everything that you do online and off if they don't already know? If you want to find more of me, you can go to anything.com slash harto, H-A-R-T-O. Sweet. And if they want to watch the Food Network show, I Heart Food, they can go to foodnetwork.com and rewatch it, right? You can go, if you guys want to watch, check out, if you guys want to check out my show on Food Network, uh, you can find it on On Demand, or you can just look in your local listings for the time it's playing. Hooray! Woo-hoo. And knock on wood, season two. Knock on wood, season two. We'll, yes. see. we'll see, we'll see. Thanks again, Hannah. We'll Yay. see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye! Boom, boom. boom. Are you ever going to get too deep? Sometimes, but mostly not. <laughs> <laughs> Too deep, too deep, too deep, not too deep with Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep with Grace Helbig is brought to you by Smilf, a new comedy series from Showtime based on a Sundance award-winning short film. Smilf follows Bridget Bird, a 20-something single mom from South Boston, as she navigates dating, sex, and a career, all while raising a tiny human. Smilf is loosely based on the life of series creator Frankie Shaw. Check out Smilf, streaming now only on Showtime.
Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, produced and directed by Jack Ferry with production support from Full Screen Studios and Michael Rucker. Associate producer Melissa D. Mons with production assistance by Diane Kang. Editing by Melissa D. Mons. And an extra special thank you to Flula for the theme music. 